Welcome to the Crimson Circle. Glad that you can be here to join us for this shout session. We're getting ready for Jeffrey Hoppe to channel Adamus Saint-Germain. Thank you for being here. We have people from all over the world listening and a live audience here at the studio in the Crimson Circle. So, with that, I'd like us to be ready here and let's just take a good deep breath. Let's take a moment to breathe deeply, fully into you. This is a time we can breathe and just let just release all the distractions. Always so much going on in our lives, so busy, so much on, ongoing all around us. But this is a moment that we take for ourselves. So take the good deep breath and feel the energy fill your body. Allow those energies to expand within and out. Take the good deep breath. Breathe with love of self, honoring yourself. Take the good deep breath and feel as the energies of Adamus are here with each of us. Adamus reminds us that he's here for us every step of the way. So take the good deep breath and open all your senses, feeling, hearing, seeing. And as you breathe, the music's going to play. And I invite you to breathe with this music as we take this time to breathe, release, breathe and allow, breathe and feel, breathe. Is there a light you have inside you that you can't touch? A looking glass can only show you so much. Follow the signs, slowly but steady, don't. The day will come when you're ready, just trust. Dancing on the astral plane, holy water cleansing rain. Floating through the stratosphere, brought me here you see so clear. Is there a way for you to shine? Thank you. 
Adamus of Sovereign Domain. Thank you for the applause. <laughs> I assume it was for me. And thank you for my coffee, dear Sandra. Oh, she's gotten so good at predicting the needs and wants of dear Adamus. Nothing like a fine cup of human coffee. Thank you. Uh, we don't get this on the other realms. No, we have no Starbucks. We. We no no believe it or not so I I keep coming back once a month just for my coffee. And dear Linda, you look so lovely today as always, Linda of Esau. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Let's what take a deep breath. To? As pardon. What are you up to? Um, <laughs> I've got a few tricks up my sleeve for today, mostly called distraction. Distraction, just uh, distracting enough so you can let that divine just slip in. Just when you're not thinking about it, let it just slip in. Ah, yes. Uh, let's take that deep breath together. You know, it just doesn't work, this enlightenment thing, realization, uh, the integration with the divine. It doesn't work if you're trying to think about it. Uh, Edith, you have such a sparkle in your eye today. Such a beautiful sparkle. It doesn't work when you're thinking about it. Um, this goes back to Adamus 101, the basics. The human's not responsible for the Enlightenment. It's not. The human just needs to allow. Uh, the, the Enlightenment, the Divine, it comes in. It comes in when you take a deep breath and you allow it to come in. And then it won't be anything, anything, anything like what the human thought it was going to be. The human has interesting expectations of enlightenment and realization. You might as well just throw those out with the old year, because it's not the way it is. And that's the beautiful part. The human would limit it. The human would humanize it. And this thing of 
enlightenment, realization, it is the most sensual thing that you could ever not be able to imagine. It is sensuality. That's really what it is. It's not suddenly knowing everything, because that doesn't matter. Even as an Ascended Master, I don't know everything, nor do I care to know everything. It's not important. But the sensuality, the feelings, is everything. Everything, everything. And that's where we're going in 2017. Speaking of sensuality, how many of you have been experiencing over these last few weeks, I would say last three weeks in particular, maybe a little bit longer, but that (laughs) you felt that already. He's going to need the microphone. (laughs) And what have you felt, uh, Sarducci? What have you felt? You realize this is how we're starting our new year in the shouts, (laughs) right here. Is this family still? Or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, frustration. Frustration. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm going to get to that. Big time. Yeah. yeah. But what I was going to say, and you're the perfect example of this, have you felt – oh, you are more than you possibly know – the past three or four weeks in particular, just feeling dirty. <laughs> like even if you have two baths or showers a day and you scrub down with – lye soap. You're just still feeling dirty, kind of a grittiness, like it's under the lay of your skin. It's just like making you a little itchy even, and just feeling a little dirty. And you, with Sart's Dirt Works, <laughs> you have an excavation company. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you dig graves at all with some of that equipment? I have before. You yes. have before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that far apart. <coughs> that far apart? Yeah. You know. Here and one there, and you got to put one in the middle. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> but thank that, you. That's fun. Thank you. Uh, so gritty, dirty. See, you, he raised his hands before I even said it. Sarts dirt works. Thank you. Uh, how many of you have felt that just a sense of you just want to really clean off? Yeah, you just feel a little itchy. It's like there's a layer of grit right under the skin. Oh, you felt that? No, some of you haven't felt that. Well, you probably will. Now, you probably will, because it's, a, it's a, a part of this whole integration process. And, and there's a lot being released from very, very deep down within. And there's also kind of a, an odd contradiction taking place uh, within you. Uh, perhaps you will relate to this more than the Sartre dirt work example. How many of you in the past, well, few years, but few months in particular, you just don't feel it's together anymore. It's like <laughs> Well that that was a duh <laughs> master of the obvious question. <laughs> but but more than ever, more than ever that sense of not really feeling like who you were but not knowing what you're going to be, it's just not coming together. That's a, another beautiful indication. Uh, first of all, it's very mental. You tend to go mental. What's wrong with me? Where is my <coughs> old place? It's not there. It's not going to come back. The whole concept of oneness goes out the window. The whole concept of oneness and, – and, and you can't go back, even though you may try to go back coming back into your oneness. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. You are now the many. The whole – you know, the word oneness, 
if you would write that on the, your magic pad there, the word oneness uh, also sounds like the word onus. Onus. Uh, and you can write that too, and if you don't know how to spell it, ask Sart. Oneness. <laughs> onus. You know, onus is that uh, putting the burden, the onus uh, uh, of something on you or on others. Onus is a carrying a burden. Uh, spelling of on- onus for Linda. No, oh, you're definitely Schomburg. None of you can spell. <laughs> so this whole concept of just this whole concept of oneness, oneness goes out the window, uh, and that's a big deal. You know, there, there's a lot uh, who are in spiritual New Age talk about global oneness. You have got to be kidding. Yes, yes. I saw somebody putting on their lipstick and somebody going, ah, like that at the same time. No, it goes out the window. It's just, I, I do recall one event we were invited to a number of years ago, and I was commanded to speak about oneness. And uh, dear Calder, Jeffrey, uh, begged the sponsor of the event not to inflict that topic on me. And the sponsor insisted, and so I got up there and was more than happy to talk about oneness. I talked about you are your own one back then, but even that's changing. But the concept of planetary, universal, cosmic oneness, no, no. It's actually, it's actually like going to the Borg, you know, the like back into some sort of mental entrapment. It's like going. Why would you? Why would anyone want universal oneness uh, with anything? It's. It would be a bad joke on Spirit's part to say, okay, I'm going to give you a lot of rope here. You go out and experience a lot of different things, human life, angelic life, and then I'm going to pull you back into oneness where you lose all sense of your sovereignty, your And Adamus, what self. happened when you gave that talk about oneness? What, what happened? Yeah. Everybody loved it. <laughs> Not everybody, I have to admit. Uh, it, I did get thrown out of that conference. Yes, you did. Uh, and th- that was a good thing. It needed to create a little stir and emotion, and it needed to get things going. And, and just for you personally, particularly now, you don't go into oneness with yourself. You are the many. You are the multiple. You are the and. It's a very strange feeling as you really start to sense it. First, it's a feeling of. Oh, I just don't have it together anymore. Bingo. No, you don't. And that's a good thing. I'll show you later today why. I just don't have it together anymore. Where, where is my sense of balance and self and all the rest of that? It's gone. And that's a good thing. And, and there's, you know, the master, the I am, isn't this parent figure controlling and dominating all of the ands? Doesn't need to. There's no central. Power. There's no central control. You find it's almost like um, throwing a lot of uh, balls of light into the air, and they're all dancing on their own. They don't need somebody to tell them how to dance, when to dance. And then you realize that you're all of these dancing balls. You're all of the ands. You're the master, and you're not even on this planet. And 
And you're the student who's working their way to God knows what, enlightenment or whatever, and you're sitting on the park bench all at the same time. That's where it gets fun. That's liberation. That's enlightenment. Not packing everything into a one, not, not consolidating yourself into singularness, but actually allowing the and. You are so many. You are so I am here in so many ways. That's the beauty of it. So if you start to feel that little sense of um, a little like you need to take a shower, like you're just dirty, like there's an itching under the surface of the skin, it's just a transformation that you're going through. So let's toast to that. Cheers. Secondly, second point today. The integration, the realization that you're going through, whatever you want to call it, enlightenment, uh, uh, embodied ascension, is an incremental thing. Incremental. It's not going to take place in one great big fell swoop. I'm not sure what a fell swoop is. I don't know if anybody knows, but (laughs) one great big overwhelming. It's incremental. You're doing that on purpose, so you don't burn out the body, so you don't like quickly exit the, the, the planet because you just can't handle it anymore. There's not a great big flash of lightning that comes down. You don't necessarily wake up in the middle of the night with all the answers. What you've chosen, what you're going through right now, is incremental. Incremental. Enough to absorb, enough to understand, enough to keep a very delicate balance. You know how hard it is to stay in the body, to stay on the planet. What you're doing right now, having chosen embodied enlightenment, is doing this incremental. It doesn't matter how long it takes. You'll come to some understandings, hopefully today, that doesn't matter at all. It's already there. And I know those are words, but what you're going to be doing now is experiencing that in a very, very sensual way, a feeling way. Uh, if I was to do a story about it, which I might as well do. The Master was <laughs> – where's my park bench when I need it? The Master <clears throat> was having a double bacon cheeseburger at lunch at the local diner, accompanied by a chocolate milkshake. Because the master doesn't get all caught up in what he or she is supposed to eat. It doesn't <coughs> matter. You eat anything you want, because your body already knows how to process it beyond the limitations of what you would call science or even good nutrition. The master can eat double bacon cheeseburgers – sounds pretty good right now <laughs> – with a chocolate shake and, and a shot of Jack Daniels on the side. <laughs> I knew it appealed to some of you. The master was eating lunch at the local Greasy Spoon Diner when suddenly he noticed one of his students come in, a student by the name of Sandy. He said, Sandy, Sandy, what a, what a strange coincidence meeting you here at this diner. It's 20 miles from, away from your home. Interesting. Sit down. Join me. Have, have a, some lunch. Of course, Sandy ordered a quinoa salad with kale on the side, because she was trying to be a good student. This bored the tears out of the Master. All these rules, all these things you can do and not do – and you know, they change about every seven years. 
Now, this might be a seven-year kale period, and after this we go into a seven-year seaweed period, whatever is the latest fad, but it poured the tears out of the master. And he knew that Sandy really didn't like that salad anyway. He said, sit down, sit down. What a coincidence meeting you here at this Greasy Spoon restaurant. And he said, what's, what's on your mind? I, I know you, you have a question. What's on your mind? Sandy thought for a moment, realizing the master had busted her, because she had never gone to this restaurant before, but she knew that he went there, and she wanted to confront him on this day. And she said, Master, when is it going to happen? When? We said, I don't know. You order right now. See how long it takes. She said, No. When is it going to happen? My enlightenment. My enlightenment. I've been working at this for 17 years. When I calculated the other day, I've spent at least $6,421 on my enlightenment. And the master thought to himself, Good God. She has about 100,000 more to go before she gets there. <laughs> and if she's equating enlightenment to how much money she spent or how much years she spent, she's in for big trouble. But he'd been through this before with many of the students, so he took another bite out of his greasy cheeseburger, letting the grease roll down his chin just to throw her off a little bit. And he said, what do you mean, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? I, you know, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. I'm not getting any healthier. I'm so obsessed by this thing, the, the realization, enlightenment, becoming a living angel. But when is it going to happen? She said, you're the master. You know everything. So you ought to know, when you talk about there being no time or space, you ought to know then the exact day and the exact time of my enlightenment. The master took a deep breath and a slug of his chocolate milkshake and said, Well, actually, the fact is, I could know everything if I wanted to. Yeah, I could go beyond time and space, but I really have no desire to do so. And he said, You know, the, uh, the masters, ascended or human masters, we don't collect data and information. It's not about how much you know, it's about your knowingness, and there's a huge difference between the two. He let that sink in for a moment. It's not about how much you know, it's about your knowingness. A knowingness occurs in the exact moment when it's desired, not before, not after, never too much, never too little. Knowingness occurs in that moment, as you're starting to find out in your own lives. He said, well, Sandy, the fact is that it is happening right now. Right now. It's incremental. It's a little here and a little there. Sandy heard the words, thought about it for a moment, and said, but I want it right now. I'm tired of all the struggling. I'm tired of these things messing with my head. I'm tired of trying so hard. I want it right now. The Master said, Sandy, you are getting it right now. It's happening. It's going to be incremental. Didn't, didn't you tell me that you want to be an embodied Master, not a dead Master? She said, Well, yes, of course. And he said, That's why it's happening incremental, so you can enjoy every morsel of it, every moment of it, 
every bite of it, this thing called enlightenment. So you can be aware of it on such a visceral level, rather than the big lightning bolt, uh, but you can really savour it, just as I'm savouring this cheeseburger. You can enjoy every little moment of the enlightenment of becoming. But when you're looking so far down the path, when you're wanting it all at once, when you're out of the moment, what I call the I am here, then you don't see it. You don't sense it. You don't experience it. It's happening. It really is happening. You're just not aware of it because you're looking out there rather than right here in this moment. It's happening in your body. I can see it. Your body's changing. And yes, some days it's tough on your body. You're going through a change at a DNA level, at a rewiring level. And yeah, some days it hurts. It aches. Could you just allow that? Be with it? Uh, Remember, Sandy, when I've said in front of the class that everything now in your life is about enlightenment. Everything. Whether whether it's a fly that sits on your head – there's one in your head right now, Sandy – whether it's uh, a a car accident, whether it's a beautiful uh, sunset that you see, no matter what it is, a person that you encounter, everything, without exception, even the waitress who's just about to come over here and interrupt my little talk, everything is about enlightenment, bar none, everything. Everything that's happening in your body, all the changes that are happening in your brain, and especially right now, your dreams, the dreams at night, they're getting so different. And I I know sometimes you curse the dreams. You wake up in the middle of the night and they seem so bizarre and you're wondering what's happening. It's all about the visceral experience of embodied enlightenment. It is happening. It is happening right now, every day, every moment. You're not, you're not um, lost on the path. You are the path, and it's happening. So take a deep breath and enjoy every moment, every, every, every moment. Stop worrying about when it's coming and realize it is. Every moment, every breath, everything. Stop trying to figure it out. Just allow it. And with that, the waitress came over and asked to take Sandy's order. And Sandy said, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> Line out of one of my favorite movies. So let's take a deep breath with that. It's incremental. It's incremental. And I know some of you are wondering when, and you're going to ask me. Some of you are already prepared to stand up in the middle of the channel today and say, but Adamus, is 2017 the year it's going to happen? I don't give a hoot what it's going to happen, neither should you. You're in a new sensual experience. There's no rush, and you're going to realize it's already there anyway. You may think about it, but now you're going to actually experience it. So let's take a good deep breath and stop racing. Stop trying so hard. Every, everything in your life, just enjoy it, uh, whether it's painful or, or pleasurable. Uh, you'll, you'll realize those words go out the door. It's just 
the sensual experience. So here we are in 2017, and I've got to ask, <laughs> I've got to ask, as we've been doing for the past couple of years, and Linda with a microphone, please. Yes. I've got to ask, what, what do you sense, what do you feel from, from a planetary standpoint for 2017? Remember we played this little game last year and passed the microphone. There were some good observations, but what's, how would you define what's going to happen for the planet 2017 and maybe a little beyond? What's in store? Please, Linda. Volunteers. A volunteer is anybody who is sitting in a chair. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. You've been thinking about this. I have. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say boredom. Boredom. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Instead yeah. of fighting or trying to figure things out, I yes. find myself getting bored. Yeah, yeah. Now, from a Which planetary standpoint or personal? Personally, but I could see this happening on a planetary level. Yes. Planetary boredom, it it is, and I'm gonna I'll talk about it in just a moment. That that is one of the aspects of 2017 boredom. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. Off to a roaring start. Yes. I'm not one who listens to the news or pays much attention uh, to a lot of things that go on worldwide. Yes. I had a friend who uh, sent me a card and said, "What do you think about the election?" What election? <laughs> uh, that's exactly what yeah, I yeah. said. That election. Was there an election? Where? What election? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was an election. Yeah. But um, when you have a misogynist in the Oval Office, it's a little scary. Yes. It sounds dirty. It is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, why is scary. it scary? Women... Misogynist, for those of you who may not be uh, primary English speakers, <laughs> dirty old man. <laughs> And, and masculine, dominant, uh, vile, demeaning, Very piggish, demeaning, piggish, yes. demeaning, and demeaning. just basically they don't like women. Yeah. Um, Maybe called Trump. <laughs> yes, yes, kind of like that. Let's not get political here. <laughs> Although we are. Yes, demeaning and belittling, and you said don't like women. Uh, basically. That's actually. I'd like you all to reconsider that. It's actually a fear of women. It's not a disliking women at all. I'll talk about it in Wound of Adam coming up in just a few weeks. Um, yes, it's a fear of women, and damn it, they should be. <laughs> uh, tune in, tune in to the Wound of Adam. Yes. Uh, so, uh, misogynist in the White House. What else is going on for the year? I think that's a big thing. Plus, you know, um, you see that new nuclear. thing on the camera here. Right below. Uh, I yeah. did. What is that? That's new. That That's hasn't been here Donald before. Trump's listening device. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I I'm came in and saw that, I said, "What?" In I'm the surprised. World? I'm surprised. Uh, yeah. Surprised nobody noticed that before. What is? You notice something really strange. It's kind of high tech, and it's kind of like, "What is that?" But nobody says anything. Nobody says, "By the way." What is that? Who, did anybody here put that in there? Does the staff know about this? You just kind of go along with it. Oh, there's some new high-frequency electromagnetic devices in the room. I saw it immediately and asked what it is, but nobody would tell me. Who did you ask? Edith, of course. <laughs> oh. But there is the problem. Edith is a spy. She's not going to tell you. 
she, and she didn't. <laughs> she didn't. What did she tell you about that odd-looking device? She said, ask you. Uh, no, Jeffrey. She said, ask Jeffrey. Ask Jeffrey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you? No. No. Oh. He was busy. He was busy. What is that device? Maybe we should ask, would you run that to John Kaderka? What is that <laughs> device? If anybody would know. Oh, my God. It looks like. Poor John Kaderka so shy, and now he has to be eye. on camera. I think it's like. A oh, he's going to scream. Artificial intelligence, cyber scream. robotics. I mean, very odd. What is that, John? It's just a fancy little microphone. Oh, sure. The fancy little microphone. Uh huh. Yes. Okay. We believe you, John. I, I do believe it is a microphone. Yes, it's so they can hear. Calder is telling me. You know why they had to put that there? Because people in the audience just blurt out at any given point, and nobody online can hear them. So now, everybody We're can hear you. We're actually trying to capture your blurts. Yeah. So. Once the sheep leave and there's no more blurting, then we can take that down. But as Isn't long as there's blurting, isn't that reinforcing bad behavior? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other. Where were we? 2017. Uh, so, what, what are you saying? She's stuck on misogyny. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the misogyny is one thing. But Do you know how uh, to spell misogyny? Yes. Oh, good. Go ahead. Go ahead. M O S O G. I can spell misogynist. That's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> M-Y-S-O-G-I-N-S-T. Wow. Good. She's Good. a psychologist. <laughs> okay. Oh, now I get it. <laughs> so what – but for the planet, uh, not for the White House, for the planet, what, what's in store for this year? I think that's planetary, or it can be, at yeah. least nationwide. So masculine uh, – Pigginess? Subjection of women. Subjection of women. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. What if I told you it might be the year of subjection of men? I don't think that's good either. No, no probably not. Mm -mm. Not. No. I don't like anybody being subjected. Yeah. <laughs> Especially me, and I'm standing here doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so kind of a uh, – could I define it as basically a, a continued imbalance of masculine and feminine energy? Battle oh, that's of nice. the sexes. That's a nice way to put it. Battle of the sexes. Yeah, I like yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Is that would that be a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment, except it's way off balance. Yes. Oh. Yes. So women have spent a lot of years trying to get a little more balance, yeah. and now it's way off balance again. With men or with women? Ooh. Out of balance. Who's what's out of balance? The masculine or the feminine? The feminine. The feminine. The feminine is the victim. Yes. Oh. Walked right into my trap. Yes. <laughs> well, if the feminine is the victim, the feminine is also going to be the abuser. Oh. It's true. It has to be. Uh, it has to be. Now, abuser doesn't mean that the woman is going to get on boxing gloves and go beat the shit out of Andy. Uh, Andy, sorry. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but he likes it. He, he enjoys that. So, ladies, please afterwards. Just, uh, particularly cross today. No, no, I'm just being direct. Uh, but so, uh, if if the if the woman is a victim, the woman will also be the abuser. Abuse comes in a lot of different ways. One of the statements I'm going to make at the Wound of Adam, which I think we're filming soon, is that. Is that an um, advertisement? Yeah, yeah. Um, and don't stand against that cheap thing or it's going to fall down. <laughs> um, one of the things that I'm, we're going to talk about is, uh, is a prostitution. I'm going to start out, Wound of Adam, about with prostitution. It's the, it's the greatest example of 
the masculine-feminine relationship. Uh, and it's the Ew. no, it is, it is. Uh, we'll go into depth on that one. I, yeah, think I about hope it. Not. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's an, a, an amazing example mm-hmm. of masculine feminine. Mm-hmm. Who is the abuser, or is there an abuser? It's the greatest example of the whole wound of Adam and the wound of Isis. So, it really, who is taking advantage of whom here? Who's the sucker in this, so to speak? <gasps> Don't. Oh, what? Jeez. So, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, so planetary, continued masculine feminine imbalance, correct? Yes. Okay, that's a good one. Thank okay. you. Okay, we're recording these. We're going to play them back at the end of the year. Okay. Next. You're going to volunteer. Lucky. This seems very obvious to me, or yes. feels very obvious to me, that 2017 will be very. I would use the word sideways, but it's just chronic change, just chronic, Chronic unexpected change in the most bizarre ways. I mean, that's I just feel that. Yeah, good, good. I I like that. that, By the way, you're not trying to. You're not talking from here at all. You're you're sensing something. Yeah, chronic change. Good. We're going to put that in the uh, highlights reel. Thank you so much. And I have a (laughs) feeling you're going to be absolutely right. A few more. 2017. And what Elizabeth did was really felt into it rather than thinking what's the right answer. She really felt into it. I would say um, for me that um, in a lot of ways there will be a lot of clarity for people because there's so much going on around them that they have to find some kind of clarity to kind of move forward and really kind of define the values that are important to them. You're talking about people in the room or you're talking about the planet? I think the planet. I think as, as things kind of fall apart, I think they're going to find out what's kind of near and dear to them right. and what they really want to hold on to and what's going to be important to them. The majority or just a few? I'd like to think uh, the majority. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people are, think they want change, right. but I don't think they really know what changes yes. that they want. Right. So I think they need to have some clarity about what that change would be, right. and then how to <clears throat> kind of move forward to get that change mm-hmm. the way they want it. But they yes. have to have some clarity about it. I think people are just saying, yeah, I want change, but they don't have any clarity about that right exactly. now. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a good point. <laughs> um, I would like you to take what you just said and really look at it with yourself. I, I see that happening with you. Uh, I, I see you're speaking really uh, from your perspective of what's happening to you, not necessarily speaking for the rest of the world. Mm. But, but okay. we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We've got a year to see how this works out. And we've got about five minutes before you tell you is my it, version. Is it the whole world or just the conscious world? It's all the same. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Next on the microphone. Thank you. The year for the planet. Uh, I'll stand up. Um, attacking onto the misogyny, the first thing I really f- feel is anger. Mm. And, and yeah, there's personal anger because I love Hillary. Um, but um, but it, was, it, is, it feels like there's a, a huge 
oh, this guy's in charge, and it's all around <laughs> the world. Yeah. Is that, it's, it's anger. So anger, but more um, for more in your face. Like everybody, we're going to have to see things. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's what's going to happen. So give me an example of, of what you're talking about as it affects the world. Uh, how would this manifest? Um, so... In, in America, and I know it affects the world just because of social media, the people, um, their reactions to Donald Trump being elected. But um, was I not supposed to say that? No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Hi, Don. <laughs> <laughs> Start tweeting now. <laughs> that bitch at the Crimson Circle. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> Um, um, for me, it's okay. He got elected, and he got elected by a bunch of white guys, right? And they, he got elected by consciousness. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That's, that's, that was what I was going to say. Right, right. They have something. That but is but did, did he really win the election? No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We have a lot yeah. of Russians. <laughs> but so that needed to be seen. It's kind of like. We have personal things as Shamba that yeah. need to be seen. Now, are you angry so, about this, or do you think the world's angry? Uh, both. Yeah, both. I've had both, my yeah. anger, certainly. Yeah, yeah. It, it was quick. Could you step back out of that for a little uh, yeah, bit? Well, yeah. Could you yeah. really step back out of it and mm-hmm. realize that mm-hmm. it was consciousness that elected him, mm-hmm. even though he mm-hmm. didn't win, mm-hmm. he won, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's a reflection of consciousness. Now, if you stand, uh, if you sit on the park bench mm-hmm. and, and you watch how all this plays out, it's actually brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there may mm-hmm. be anger. You might mm-hmm. be anger, mm-hmm. angry. Step back from the anger. And, and when I explain what I see for the year, maybe you'll understand a little better. Mm-hmm. But it's actually kind of a brilliant play. Uh, and there are villains in the play, and there are dramas, and there is maybe some violence and other things, and anger in mm-hmm. the play. But it's a brilliant play. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> and, but you can't really see it until you sit on mm-hmm. that park bench and just take a deep breath and watch how the world unfolds. Yeah, I think we're going to be breathing. And, a lot and this I'll, year. <laughs> I'll tell you all one thing right now, and I'll expand a lot on it next weekend. But this world really isn't yours anymore. Mm. Really not. Uh, and, and that's going to be a blessing, and it'll also be difficult at times. But it's really not. Mm. So feel it. Good. Next, one more, and then I'll give mine. Greetings. Are you going to talk about politics? I am here. You are yeah. here. Good, good. I just. You look so lovely today. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, just brilliant. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, there's a, a light shining from you. You know. Oh, it's, thank uh, yeah. you, thank you. Yeah. I feel very good. Yes. Good. But I was thinking. Uh, since I have been translating the material for SES, the additional material we didn't do yes. before. So uh, there was a question about this reunion from Isis and Adam. Yes. And actually, the Isis is going to surprise the man. Oh, yeah, oh, he does. I, I, would, yeah. I, I would too. Yeah. I would too. Yeah. I would. Forgive so them how does everything. that apply in a worldwide situation? Uh, if there are m- many of people thinking like maybe I would do, mm-hmm. that I would forgive them. All men, I will forgive you. Oh. So then, could, could you do that? I think I I can. Yeah. Okay. 
I, I mean, like I right can... now? Yes. In front of the camera? Forgive you, all men. I forgive yeah. you in the whole world. You have my blessings and compassion. Thank you. And love. Yeah, yeah. No, there's beautiful. And some of the other women are looking at you. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're not going to let them off that easy. Oh, oh come on. No, I embrace them all. Yes, a million I, years yes. of suppression. We're not just going to. But that's good. I'm yes. glad you could do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Thank so, you. what do you think globally now that suddenly. The feminine energy is like, oh, we forgive you, and the men are like, oh, we were so bad, and everybody gets together. And Not no, yet. no, 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 no. Not so what yet. do you? What's going to happen? This is in the highlight reel. What's going to happen in the planet this year? I think I, I will have to wait for the surprise. <laughs> what <laughs> men and so women would do? What's the surprise? The surprise might be then more than. Uh, then ever the women would find out about the whole thing and maybe forgive, maybe be able to maybe forgive, maybe, maybe. Yep, send out a universal message of forgiveness. Yeah. And no, yeah. no, no, no. Or no. maybe just all the women of the world like agree, like behind mm. the scenes to no more sex for men. No, no, no. Just personally, personally, you know. Yeah, isn't there a movie personally? about that, or should there be a movie about uh, that? Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. it will be. Uh, the day sex was be. withheld. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll show them. Okay. okay yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm in shock. Okay. I told you I, I had to distract shock. you today. I had to distract you. I'm in shock. I think it will be a big distraction uh, in the whole world, uh -huh. and then that uh, it will not be easy. Uh, it will not it be will easy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a pretty good guess. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, now, Thank my you. prediction. Remember. Last year, I predicted that 2016 would be the year of disruption. I was pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. It was a good disruptive year. Uh, it, it had to happen. Uh, this year, 2017, I'm going to call the year of separation. Mm. That's a nice way of putting it. Uh, the year of things coming apart. The year of things blowing apart. The year. Oh, I know. Doesn't it sound awful? No, not really. Not really. It's the year of things breaking apart, breaking down, coming apart. And while it may sound terrible, and why some of the news may be terrible, it's actually kind of needed. It's kind of needed. Everything has been held in a tight knot, a tight ball. And the ball keeps getting tighter, can you imagine, just tighter and tighter and tighter, with anger, with suppression with um, loss of hope, with um, frustration, with old systems that are trying incredibly hard to hold on to their old ways, whether it's religions, whether it's businesses, whether it's just old roles of masculine feminine. The feminine, I'm sorry, but is playing out as old of a role as the masculine. They really are. And all of that is going to come to a crashing halt. And then a breakup. Not that the world's going to fall apart. Parts of it will. Not that everything is going to um, be in chaos, but there'll be more than normal. But systems are going to come apart in this year. It has to. The brilliant play of the misogynist in the White House is part of it. He doesn't know it, but it's. When some of you woke up uh, here in America and overseas the, uh, the day after the elections, and you're like, 
what? What just happened? I should have never gone to bed. I knew if I went to sleep, this would happen. They slipped it in while I was sleeping. And you wondered, what's happening? What's happening is this whole process of coming apart. Uh, and I'm going to make a, I'm going to really make a prediction here, and I don't generally do predictions, but here I will. Oh, time for a cookie. We're going to have a break here, and while I eat my cookie. Oh, you wanted the prediction. Mm. This is loaded with butter and sugar. Mm, 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 mm. Prediction is that the new president, Trump, uh, will either make it just barely a year in office, just barely, uh, and, and that may be stretching it, uh, and then he'll be out, or he'll go for two terms. Now, it sounds very <laughs> diametrically opposed. What? Either the forces are going to work and throw him out, or you know, it's over with, or, or Something would get the ball rolling. It'll break apart. This year, things are going to break apart, and there's going to be so much anger directed at leadership all across the world, not just in the White House, but all across the world, and even at Putin. And it's going to it's going to be such anger, and that anger is going to cause things to break apart and separate. They almost have to. They've been held in such a tight knot for so long. And it all ultimately, if you want to, if you want to sit on your park bench and you want to say, "What is going on in the world? Why is it so crazy? Why are things breaking apart? Why is there violence in, in, in terrorism and system changes and all the rest of that? Why is that happening?" It's very, very clear. Very clear. The world is at a point of separation, and the world is at a point of. It has gotten so mental, so very mental, it hurts everybody's head. You're seeing people now who have gone so mental and can't get out. They're trapped inside a mental, non-sensual vessel, an analytical, judgmental, limited vessel called the mind. They don't know how to get out. They're screaming for help. They try to get help first through what you would call your conventional systems, uh, whether it's talking to professionals, professionals who then immediately put them on drugs, which makes it worse. You'll find in all these cases where there's um, the, the, the mass killings and terrorism, when it's uh, not associated necessarily with a religious group, but the other cases, that that person has been on these medications, the SSRIs. They are further trapped within the very thing they're trying to get out of. They go and seek help. They need somebody to talk to, and first they're given medications. It calms them for a short period, but eventually something happens inside. Then they try to get attention. They, they need help desperately by doing bizarre things, you know, by acting out, by you know, walking down the street screaming or uh, going into a government office and you know, creating quite a commotion, and that doesn't work. And they're so trapped in their minds and in the mental that they finally resort to anything, including killing other people. It's for attention. It's a desperate plea for help. And that's just a small example of a world that's gone so mental, and no more, there's no more feeling. 
There's no more sensual. It's gone. It's so mental. In our Pronos last year, I talked about technology and the effect it's going to have on the world in the years ahead, and it will. And I talked about artificial intelligence. It said that artificial intelligence will get to the point in the next approximately 20 years where it will exceed human intelligence. In, in, it will be keener, sharper, faster, and more accurate than the human intelligence. That artificial intelligence is going to continue to grow and grow, because once it's programmed to continue to get more intelligence, it will keep doing that. Uh, and in doing so, it's going to uh, use a tremendous amount of power, literal power from your utilities, power also in knowledge. The artificial intelligence is just a, um, you could say, an example of human intelligence. Humans built it in their own likeness, kind of like God creating humans in the likeness. This is humans creating intelligence in their likeness. The insatiable desire, but that desire is trapped within a mind. What will eventually happen to artificial intelligence, maybe 40 years from now, is that it will break down, it will blow up, it will destroy itself. Because in its quest for more intelligence, to know everything, and, and to, to get all information, it will suddenly realize that it is impossible. It cannot. It will, that artificial intelligence will have to face itself in a way, not in a conscious way like humans do, but it will face the inevitable that one of two things has to happen, is that it either has to get more intelligence and there's no source for it at a certain point. There's no source, and there's not enough power to, to make it happen, or it has to kill itself. It has to destroy itself, because it can no longer uh, – not for the sake of humanity, for its own sake – it has to destroy itself, because it cannot handle the burden anymore. It cannot handle itself anymore. So artificial intelligence is simply um, kind of a, a, a map of human intelligence. Humans are in their mind. They're trapped in their brain. More and more people every day are being given these SSRIs, and it's the one and only thing I'm very opposed to because I see the damage that's done. Eat cheeseburgers smoke pot, drink, do whatever you want to do, but do, do stay away from these medications, because they are – they will get you more in the trap. They will get you more in the mind. And that's exactly what's happening to the world this year. I mean, it's been happening a long time. There is the realization that things are locked in the mental, and it's not really going anywhere, so things are going to start separating. They're going to start coming apart, unraveling. Not the whole world, but you'll see more and more of it. You're going to see more of these mass shootings. And it has nothing to do um, – I heard somebody ask the questions about gun control – has nothing to do with that. If it's not a gun, it'll be a, a homemade bomb, it'll be a knife, it'll be something. Because people are desperate. Organizations are desperate. Um, Businesses are desperate. You realize – just feel into this for a moment. Let's say there's a, a big international business, 
and it's cranking out products and it's uh, trying to develop new products and it's marketing to people, and, uh, but it, the market is saturated. But it's programmed, this business programmed to sell more products to more people, to create new products, to sell the old products that they have, to keep, keep, keep on going. Nobody ever stops to say, let's just shut it down. Yeah, we did well. Everybody in the world is using phones now. We did good. Let's shut it down because uh, this is kind of obsessive at a certain point. Uh, or let's not do anything new. Let's just have fun with what we're doing today. Let's not worry about profits. Or you know, let's give everything back to communities or causes. Or let's all just take a big long vacation and see what happens. But they are programmed. It's a mental programming, and it continues. It's in, insatiable. Nobody can stop that train. So something's got to happen. Something's got to happen, and that's where you get a misogynist in the White House, or you get a dictator, or you get a breakdown of a system or something like that. So as it happens this year, sit in the park bench, and when you're saying, oh my God, what's the coming of the world? It's having to unravel itself from a very mentally programmed way of living. You know the human life I know human I know human life is not all that fun. <laughs> no, it's really not. You know, uh, most people are unconscious to it. They get up in the morning, they have to make a living, they have to take care of their kids, they have to go to their job. They're rather unconscious of it. But this isn't the way it was ever designed to be. It's not the way it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be about so many patterns, so much mental. It's not supposed to be about working your brains out, uh, trying to think your way through every day. It is supposed to be a sensual experience. And how many people do you know are really having a good sensual experience? It's what have we talked about before. It's a little circus and a little bread, a little football and a little pizza. Work, work, work all week so Sunday afternoon you can watch football and eat pizza and then go back to work. It's not the way it's supposed to be. But it's gotten that way because of the mental, getting locked in the mind, forgetting about sensual. You know, there's a huge difference between a temporary pleasure and true sensuality. I mean, sensuality is feeling, and the world, the people of the world are lacking those experiences. It's been beat out of them. It's really been beat out of them. It's been actually it's been hypnotized out of them. And they've gone right along with it, right along with it. I mean, it wasn't against their will. They've been hypnotized right into a non sensual life. And this year you're going to see this huge separation. And that's why I started out talking about oneness. You're not going to see the Kumbaya, oneness, uh, all come together. It's a separation of, of ways. It's a dismantling of mental programming and mental systems so that divine beings, angels, who are now humans, everyone can eventually come back to the sensuality of life rather than the boredom. We started out with boredom. Boredom. And at this core is everybody's bored. 
So what do they do? What do you do when you're bored? You act out. You act out. You create some sort of um, drama in your life. You do crazy things like cutting yourself. Not, not you, but humans. Why, why would a human do that? Because they're bored. Why would, they, why would they do the things they do? Why would they create constant drama in their life? They're bored shitless. They're bored out of their minds. Well, actually, they're bored into their mind. They're absolutely bored. That was a very good opening comment. The, the world is bored and therefore is going to do something to unbore themselves. Uh, there'll be drama. They'll be breaking apart of things. There'll be a lot of things in the news. And, you know, coming to the point where I think you're starting to realize the, the world isn't really yours anymore. I mean, you're of it. You've been an important part in making it what it is, uh, but you're going to feel the separation also. Let's take a good deep breath with that. Is there good news? Linda's whispering off uh, stage left. Is there good news? There is good news. That was it. That was it. That's the good news. That's the good news. Well, let's get the microphone out and find out. Okay. Okay, we talked about the world. Now for you personally. For you personally, 2017, what is it? Uh, be succinct. What, what do you feel? Not, not think. What do you feel is going to be your 2017? Sure, Yuri. Go ahead. <laughs> or you're not nice and you can do it. It doesn't matter. Linda's coaching. Is you're nice, you can do it. It's like, go ahead. Just make something up. Remember what I always say? If you're stuck, make something up, because it means you're just in the head. You just make something say, up and I don't know, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, don't say I, I don't know. Said that. Yeah. <laughs> just make anything up. Uh, your 2017. What do you what do you what do you desire for 2017 for you? I would say Hang on. You say she started here uh, in the feeling and then yeah. <laughs> straight up to the head. It's yeah. So, uh Let's bring it back down. Okay. Just your gut feeling. Just spit it out. No, not spit it, spit it, but yeah. 2017. Your desire. More allowing. Um, no, not a resolution. What is your desire for you? True change. True change. Good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, you see, you kind of lit up when you said that. Yeah, no more bullshit change. True change. <laughs> no more, you know, just uh, like a like a uh, covering on a table change. I mean, change the table, the whole thing. Yeah, good. More about truth and integrity. Yeah. Of my internalness of who I am. Yeah. Do you ever have an issue with that? Your own integrity, your own authenticity. Yeah, in a tug of war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With it, back and yeah. forth at times. Yeah. Doing what you think you should versus what you want to do. Or, or trying to even know the difference between what you should do and what you want. Uh, I, I don't imagine anybody else here has ever had that issue of personally <laughs> inner integrity. No, actually, the, it's, it's amazing because when one is locked in the mind, then they question their own integrity. What's the real answer? Who is the real me? What, what is my truth? And then you go on this really messed up 
internal mental quest. Where is my authenticity? Where is my truthfulness? It's all mental crap. There's one thing that trumps. I had to use that <laughs> word just to irritate some of you. There's one thing that that makes the others insignificant, and that's a sensual experience. There's no. You suddenly realize truth schmooth. Uh, you know. You realize genuine, menuine. It's all. It's all. It's. You have that sensuality, and none of that matters. You're not questioning your own authenticity. Every one of you does that. It's like, well, is that me? Is that the right thing? Is that my divine? Is that my Shut up! You're mental! Stop it! Go sensual. But it's also But I don't know how to go sensual. We're gonna, I'm going to show you today. Yeah. I think, it's I think it has to do with the masculine, feminine energy. We're going to do that sensual thing. And I'm kidding! <laughs> Everybody's panicking. Ah, God, we're going to talk about sex. No. There's a huge difference. Sensual is feeling. I'm sorry, I'm deliberately distracting you. Yes. Go ahead. You were going to say? (laughs) You know, I'm aware of how much I've said, you know, I want things to change or me to change or whatever. Yes. But. Getting stuck in those patterns, and then it's just easy to do the same, and that's really not living. Yeah, you know. So to be more aware and make different choices yes. is what my desire would angel be. Angel floating right there. You see that? You see that? Yeah. Piece of down. I distracted her again. This is great. I love doing that. I'm very easily. Okay, distracted. I, I'm going to say something to that. Last year, remember, I said everything goes new on the planet. It's going to take a while, but everything goes new. Uh, there's been just lifetimes and lifetimes, the same old patterns. Now everything changed. People are going to freak out. That's what's happening this year. And the fact is that people talk about change. Changing is like – They really don't want it. They don't really change. Uh-uh. They fool themselves. And they uh-huh. panic when real change comes. Right. Real change is coming, and they're right. going to panic. It's scary. It, it's really scary. Fear. And to change from – uh, a mental way of experiencing life into a sensual way is huge. It's frightening. It's frightening. Just think about it for a moment – or don't <laughs> – suddenly the mind isn't controlling. Suddenly mm-hmm. nothing's in control. Suddenly, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, what's going to happen to me? And, and on top of that, there's almost a fear of sensuality, meaning feeling, the ability to sense. The ability to feel something outside of the mind. Humans are afraid of that. They're really afraid. They want a little pleasure. They want a little, you know, um, little physical and sometimes mental pleasure. But real change, no. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, a couple more. Okay. I, I know a good one. Okay. Linda's got a good one. Oh. For you personally, what's your desire for you personally for the year? Exciting. Exciting. Yeah, what's exciting? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my my entire year. Yeah. Make up something. Make up something. Or I'm gonna yeah, send All you to the, the bathroom. All the new stuff that's gonna happen. All the new stuff, but in your life, what's what would be really exciting? Get my book published. That would be exciting. Good, good. Is it ready? Mm-hmm. Good. How come it's not being published? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's bring some excitement. What is it going to take to get your book published? 
publisher. No, 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 no. You don't need a publisher. Um, but that's a whole other story. How are you going to find a publisher if you think you really need one? I'm in the process of doing that. You're in the process? Yeah. Okay. When are you going to get out of the process? As soon as I find a publisher. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask you a really tough question here, and you're going to be like, what? What is he asking? Do you really want a publisher? Yes. Really, really, really? Okay. Then the publisher will be there. Yeah. That's what I figure. Good, good. But you know, sometimes, um, usually publishing is an example. You put a lot of your work in something, but then you're almost afraid to put it out to the world. And a good stall tactic is, I can't find a publisher. Yeah, I self-publish. You know, I'll do it yourself. Or, and then try to find a publisher. But that's, a, that's kind of a, a metaphor for a lot of people you have desires, you, you do things, you create things, and then you're afraid to put it out there. Not that you are, but you worked hard on that, that book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Two more. Desires for the new year. Desires. Your personal desires. Um, for me, I feel it's going to be my best year ever. Oh, good. I feel like finally I am like on the earth but not of the earth that I can right. total de totally detach from mass consciousness and what's going to make it the best year ever what um I, all the teachings that I've experienced through you and, mm -hmm. and um Adama's crimson circle mm -hmm. um that I can finally draw I I feel like I'm finally Dropping into my master's sense and being in the Quite. the sensorality of living my could, could I interrupt you here for a moment? I yes. hear the words. I see yes. your face. Okay. Uh, but it's all coming from right there. And, and I okay. believe you. I, yeah. I believe I absolutely believe yeah, you. But it, you got a, such a mental concept of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that's okay, but also okay. we're gonna we're gonna do it. It's really coming from down here. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, coming yeah. from my yeah, heart. Yeah, 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 it yeah. It is. It's breaking. Yeah, because when you were talking before, your energy okay. level was, I know, was I like here up. I'm not used to talking and to some of you, people. So. Yeah, that's okay. No, I know. It's, it's frightening to, to talk. Uh, but uh, it's also a great experience. It is. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah. So, uh -huh. good. So, it's going to be best year ever. It is the okay. beginning of the rest of my new life. Good, good. Yes. <laughs> okay, but I mean, you're okay with life totally turning upside down and all the rest of that? I feel like it already has for me. Okay. And now, yeah. Good. Uh-huh, it's coming into a newness where everything is new. Good. What kind of work do you do? Uh, customer service, managing a retail store. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Do you enjoy it? I'm tired of it. Yeah. There's a there's a boredom with it, but then in the other aspect, I can drop into, um, you know, the aspect where I'm there in in a type of service. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you right. get to touch affect a lot of people. I feel I do. Yeah. 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 You also but, get to take I, a lot I, of crap from people. I, but I do. Yeah. 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 I draw. But I feel you like should I talk to Bonnie about how not to take crap from people. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've she gotten, works with Schomburg. She doesn't have to. I've gotten a lot better at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll compare yeah. notes sometime. Okay. Oh. No, I feel like I've gotten a lot better at it, but I'm, I'm also just um, ready to move on. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to check back with it's, you later on, ready to move on, okay. and see how those changes go for you. Yeah. 
But the sensorality, I feel like that is really opening up for me. Yeah. Living, yeah, living from a new multi-dimensional place with just really being here fully present. Yes. With um, you know, past lives, future lives, the aspects, yeah. the being in the master sense. Yes. Sitting on the park bench and just being in total observation mode of the world. And yeah. It feels good. It I does. love it. Uh, now I can feel the passion coming out. I love out. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Good. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Um, now I'll give my answer and we'll get on with it. We have you said two more. Okay. <laughs> Just, yeah, no, she's not going to back down. No, no. You guys got me last year. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, you were so good. Linda wanted to, you know, again. What do you feel personally for, for 27? Just look at the look on her face. <laughs> She's like, you handed me the microphone? God. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, truthfully, I'm just ready to kind of get my own shit together and get my company monetized and do some things I've wanted to do my whole life. And if all this <laughs> shit that's happening means that I get to, that I'm finally going to do what I want to do, then okay. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Good. Thank you. Thank you. My answer, if you don't mind, uh, is if it was me, my desire, if, if I was in the human body right now, I was on the planet Earth, uh, my desire would be to be keen of mind, because it's still important, to be keen of mind, but without the control and the dominance of the mind, uh, without the mind being so judgmental and so very, very limited. You know, the mind judges to keep itself within its limits. It judges you personally, attacks you, because that keeps everything within the limitations of the mind. I would desire to be keen of mind because the mind is still important. It's nice to have a, a, a mind uh, that can bring in knowingness. In the moment, nice to have a mind that knows how to do the basic things, you know, reading or you know, working at your computer, mathematics, whatever it happens to be, your profession. I'd like to be keen of mind, but I'd also have a great desire to be transsensual. To be transsensual. I didn't say transsexual, <laughs> as some of you wanted to hear. What? <laughs> to be. Would you write that word down, please, so there's no misunderstanding? Because right now I can imagine social media is lighting up. Did you know Adamus is transsexual? I'm scared. To be transsensual. In other words, the sensual experiences that you've been having up until now are very, very limited. Generally, I would say probably 99% of the time from the mind. And the mind is not a sensual vessel at all. It, it will make up. It will mimic sensuality. It will mimic feelings. As we talked about for a long time, the mind creates emotions as a, to mimic real feelings. But emotions aren't real feelings. They're, they're thoughts with uh, energy around them, but they're not real feelings. It's been so long since most of you have had a really – oh, that's good. 
good spelling, uh, have had a really sensual experience. You might think you have, you say, oh, I just uh, had great sex the other night. You know, humans have sex physically and mentally. Very, very little real sensual feeling. Very little. And, and sensuality, by the way, is not necessarily about sexuality. Most people would say that the highest form of human sensuality is sex, and it's not. That's way down at the bottom of real sensuality. I would say that in 2017 would be the year of not just talking about sensuality, as we have sometimes in the past, but now actually experiencing it, bringing it in. It's almost difficult to define in words. It is a feeling that goes far beyond the mind, uh, goes far beyond just the physical. And again, we've talked before about the five physical senses which create your perception of reality. But together, working with the mind, it absolutely limits perception of reality. You're getting all of your input from your eyes and your ears and your nose and your mouth all feeding into your brain. They're all right up here next to your brain, feeding into the brain, creating memories which aren't real, which are memories are just emotional thoughts. Uh, and it's not really what happened uh, in the past or in the future. And the mind then says that you're having feelings, but you know you're just bored. Most humans are just bored. They're, they're so far away from real sensuality. Now, what they try to do is create sensuality with things like video games, with things like um, the internet. These are not sensual, my friends. These are not sensual. They're a distraction, maybe. They cause one to use the mind and maybe cause one to get a little excited playing a video game. But it's an artificial reality. Uh, it, it's a mental reality. It's still all within the framework of the mind. It's been a long, long time since you've had a real sensual experience. And it's almost – well, it's indescribable in words. You can't try to create it in the mind. It is sensing at the most joyful, at the easiest, and the how to say the most colorful, the most expansive level. It's inherent in you as spiritual beings, as angelic beings. Uh, it's inherent. As a matter of fact, it's more your real nature, sensuality, than the mind human that, that you become. You've had to train yourself and discipline yourself to become mental. You've had to literally program yourself and get hypnotized to be the mental being that you are. But it's not your natural state. You don't have to seek sensuality. Basically, you cannot. You cannot try to make it. Some, some will try, and then it's just going to go mental and it's not really sensual. But it's your divine nature. It's your true nature. Uh, long, long, long before you ever came to Earth, you were a being of pure senses and without the mind. Now, it would lead one to ask, well, then why did you come to Earth? And why did you take on a mind? And why did you 
create a limitation of the mind and then try to so hard to get back out of it. In this reality of the mind, of time and space, you get a different perspective of, of things. You, you get a different flavor and taste. Uh, it allows you, for instance, in working with time and space, to see the effects of your actions, of your thoughts and of your creations. Working in mind, time and space, you slow everything down and you get to understand what I guess you would call consequences, but you get to understand, you get to comprehend cause and effect in a way that was very, very difficult to do as a sensual, angelic being. Uh, many times even without time or space, no consequence of time or space. Where, if you could imagine for a moment, the sensual um, th- no, not a thought, but the, the sensualness of an angelic being uh, with no time and space, when the moment something is desired, then it happens. The moment that there is it's not a thought, but it's a it's a a passion. The moment a passion comes forth from within a non-physical angelic being, then it happens. And as beautiful as that is, it also created some issues in the other realms. There was no separation. There was no distinction of time or space. It would be like right now. Could you imagine that any thought that you had? suddenly became manifest. Any thought. The world wouldn't be here right now, because one of you just thought about blowing up the world. Any thought suddenly became real. In a way, it's kind of a blessing that humans in their current state of awareness don't have that capability, because suddenly you would be uh, 12 feet tall, Edith, uh, and uh, you'd be uh, amazingly beautiful even more so than you are, but you'd be beating the crap out of some people um, who've given you a hard time, because you think about it for a moment. Now, you may never actually do it, but could you imagine a reality where suddenly it just happens? That's pretty scary. So time and space and the mind kind of slow things down, shut things down. Uh, It gives a whole new sense to um, to the stream of life. It gives a whole new sense to creation. In a very strange way of putting it, it's rather a difficult concept, but we'll try to, I'll try to um, distill it. Right now, you're on the underbelly of, uh, of your creative self. You're on the underbelly, the underside of creation, understanding creation. You came from an angelic being, pretty much free of time, space, and mind. You came down the through time, space, and created limited physical, mental senses, and you got to the underbelly, where there's absolute limitation, restriction, uh, a loss of sensual, real feeling, uh, real inspiration. It's all been scrubbed out, so now you can really understand from the underbelly of real creation 
what actual creation is, what actual sensuality is. The good news is that uh, you've gone through the most compaction, limitation, restriction, uh, and you made it. You're here. And now we come out from the underbelly, we come around to the top side with a whole new understanding of creation and you, the Creator. And as you probably can sense that there is a direct correlation between sensuality and creation or creativity, true creation. I guess another way of stating it is that in order to understand at the most sensual level your beingness as a creator, in order to understand really what being a creator is, you had to be the uncreator. You had to be the boxed-in, limited, unpassionate, unsensual, all the rest of that. Now, you don't have to work at getting out of the box. You can't. It doesn't work. I, I tried it. Did I ever tell you the story of <laughs> they laugh. They laugh. The story of my being trapped in a crystal for a hundred thousand years. And you know, I couldn't think my way out or fight my way out. Uh, it wasn't until I finally said, I'm just gonna walk out. I created it. I'm going to walk out of it. Then I broke free of my crystal prison. It's the same way here. I'm asking you, uh, and I'm really imploring on you, let's not fight our way out of this. Let's not think our way out of it. You can't. But you're going to allow out of it into, back into your sensual nature. You're going to realize with sensuality, you know, it's um, – I call it transsensual, because you're used to some sensual experiences in your body, whether it's eating good food, making love, uh, whether it's just a feeling of physical balance and calmness, uh, sitting in a hot tub, having a glass of wine. But that is like point zero 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 one compared to real sensuality, which is like a hundred. There's such a huge difference. But you continue to have a physical, sensual experience. It'll, it'll still be there. It'll be more I call it, colorful, expanded, uh, profound than before. And you'll continue to have mental, sensual experiences. A mental, sensual experience uh, tends to be, uh, for instance, um, a feeling of uh, you finish a, product, a project, you finish your book. There is a sensual experience, but it's really mental. It's like Oh yeah, okay, you finished a book, big deal. But I mean your mind is reveling in it for a moment, or the publisher calls like they will soon and and uh says, Oh yeah, we want to publish a book. There's that euphoria. But it's not real sensuality. Uh, I mean it's it's a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit of it. But I'm talking real sensuality. We I you you can't try to figure it out. But you can realize it's inherent. It is the real you before you came down to the underbelly of understanding uh, creation. It's already there. Now, we're going to do two exercises or experiences in this today. The first thing to remember is the human will resist it. 
the human will absolutely resist because the human doesn't know what's going to happen. So the human actually resistance isn't going to be the right word, limited. It will try to say, okay, I'll just do a little bit here today. Uh, but well, it's just limiting it. The second thing to realize is there is a general fear of it, because in real sensuality there is no uh, central control. The mind is not controlling it, the human's not controlling it, the master is not controlling it. It is free-flowing, as sensualness should be. So there's a fear. Who's controlling this? Where is it coming from? Is it a dark, evil force? Uh, am I ready for it? Can I handle it? That's where you take that deep breath and you realize, here goes that mind again with all of its things, and you come back to uh, you come back to you. You come back to the I am, I exist, and just let it happen. It's it's that allowing that I constantly talk about. So, with all of that being said, I would say it's the year of real sensuality, and that's a feeling that. You'll find it starts in the body and then it goes through the mind and then it blows past that, right out the doors. In uh, you're going to think you're having a spiritual experience, and it's not. Well, it is, but it's not just a spiritual experience. It is a sensual experience that it's been so long, so long, so much boredom, so much limitation, so much gray, and. Now you blow through that. You do it by allowing. You do it by allowing and letting that experience roll in. It's indescribable, but we're not just going to talk about the concept, we're going to do it. Two parts here. The first part, there's going to be kind of like a Mirab, eh, will be a Mirab. Two parts. In the first part, it's going to be about the hypnosis that you've lived within. Uh, the hypnosis that mostly comes from mass consciousness that has what hypnotized you into this mental, local, linear reality. It's not bad. It wasn't some sinister plot from Donald Trump or, or Hillary. Uh, maybe they teamed up together. No, no. Uh, it's not a sinister plot. It just occurred. Uh, the, and I call it hypnosis. It wasn't like somebody sat in front of you with a watch doing this. It's just. Hypnotize means mental programming, mental um, kind of just uh, uh, letting it happen. Now, I'm not going to hypnotize you or unhypnotize you, either one. You're going to unhypnotize yourself. You're just going to unhypnotize yourself. Uh, if you don't want to, that's fine. If you're afraid of being unhypnotized, uh, don't do it um, or come back to it later. Basically, we're just going to literally, very literally, wipe away all of those overlays that have kept you mental, local, linear. Going to wipe them away. Now, it doesn't mean they all go away at once. It may dissolve away over a period of time. It doesn't matter. But it's about unhypnotizing yourself. That's part one. And we'll take a short break. I mean. Stop the music, do some breathing, and then we're going to come back into sensuality. Now, if you're not willing to do part one, or if you're only willing to do a little bit of letting go of hypnosis, you're not going to be able to do part two. So just enjoy the music, enjoy the soothing sound of my voice, and uh, have fun. But otherwise, 
Let's get back to sensuality. Let's be transsensual human beings, meaning you're still in your human senses, but now we transcend that into real sensuality. So lights down, a little music up, I'll have a bit of cookie. Let's take a good deep breath. Get relaxed, get comfortable. This whole journey into the mind has been fascinating, fascinating. Really putting yourself into a very foreign, unfamiliar environment, isolating yourself in such a way that you forget the sensual nature of you. I kind of use the word sensual and creative or creator. I use them interchangeable. It's all the same. But along the way, there was so much Let's call it programming, but words, words from parents and teachers, words from leaders that brought you into this very mental state, and also with a desire to be more and more mental, to acquire more mind, to acquire more mental intelligence some of the very programming that you have came from you, a past life. Some of you were philosophers, teachers, preachers, writers, speakers, some of the very words that you still hold on to about how life should be, about being a better human, about being a smarter human. Some of those very words that have programmed you came from you, came from what you would call a past or even a future life self. There's these layers and layers and layers of hypnosis. Hypnosis is, well, what is accepted by the mind that really aren't necessarily yours. They're weavings of a fabric that eventually entombs itself. Weavings of beliefs, judgments, of what's right or wrong, of what's doable or not doable. I'll give you an example. Magic is very real. I'm not talking about stage magic, but I'm talking about the magic of life, the magic, the ability to transcend dimensions, the magic, as in things just appearing. It is so real. It is so huh, the basic nature of reality. What's happened to magic and this, what you call modern world, the mental world, it's been squeezed right out. 
If you can't define it in scientific mathematical terms, then it doesn't exist. Well, it exists. It's still here, but it's out of awareness, outside of awareness. That's what happens with these weavings of hypnosis, creating a tapestry that eventually entombs or encases one under their own limitations. There are millions of overlays, hypnotic overlays, that have come from others, not in a sinister way. They're just out there floating around. Overlays that have come from yourself. I call them hypnosis because hypnosis is a suggestion or a command implanted into the mind and accepted by the mind. The mind that is generally so judgmental of yourself, you, your mind so judgmental, it judges not all the hypnotic thoughts that are coming through every day from the news, from advertising, from other people, from, well, just in the air, in consciousness, in mass consciousness. And it causes the mind then to go into this whole spin about what's truth and what's not, what's right or what's not. Am I being authentic? Am I being truthful? That's a, a battle within the mind. It's it is truly battling at windmills. A battle that you can never ever win. But with real sensuality, the ability to sense and feel beyond the limitations of the mind, the ability to comprehend, to be aware of other realities that exist right here. Magic is right here. That, that will absolutely put an end to all the discussions about authenticity. About am I being real? Am I being truthful? Is this right or this wrong? All of those things become so incidental. With sensuality, there's no judgment. Was it not about a good sensual experience or a bad one? Never a judgment of it. Was it a big one or a little one? It is returning to your true nature as a creative creator. You work with five human senses and a mind. There are well over 200,000 other ways of sensing. It's not that we're going to try to uncover all or discover all 200,000, but this is your nature as a sensory being. And now, as the human sitting here, you, in whatever way that is appropriate, you can release all the hypnotic overlays. You can untie all of the tapestries that have been woven into a mental encasement however you want to do it, however you want to release those hypnotic overlays.
It's up to you. Just do it whenever you're ready. Just it's the act of consciousness. Choosing to let go of the hypnosis. So take a deep breath. And allow yourself to to do it. But it's you releasing yourself from the limitations of mental. Take a good deep breath. Take a good deep breath. Good deep breath. Let's just sit here in this sensual moment. The Master doesn't question whether they did this right. The Master doesn't question <coughs> whether it's going to work or not. The Master knows they indeed released all of these hypnotic overlays, and then the Master just goes about enjoying the moment. You don't go back and revisit. You don't wonder if you did it right or wrong. The Master simply knows that they let go of all these hypnotic overlays. doesn't matter how it got there, how sticky it was, how deep it went. The Master has a big smile on their face and said, On this day I released all of these mental implants so that I may now walk in my sensuality. So we take a deep breath and do exactly that. We bring the music back up. We take a good deep breath. And now, now it's about allowing back into the sensual nature. It's nothing you can try to create, It's because it's already there. It's nothing that you should effort at, not at all. Effort will simply, well, just make it have more friction. So you take a deep breath, and now this is the time of allowing. Allowing the transsensual human means you're still going to have your human senses. You're still going to perceive reality or parts of reality through those senses. But now we go beyond that. There are so many other senses, ways of perceiving, feeling, 
and experiencing reality. Yes, indeed, the human was very bored, very, very bored. The human was trying to make, well, he was trying to make that better cage in the zoo. <laughs> trying to entertain itself. All this time, you knew that there was so much more. Maybe you didn't know how to define it, but you knew it was there. Sensuality, the ability to perceive beyond the eyes and the ears and the mind. The ability to feel at a level they haven't felt that for a long time, a level of feeling that's not emotional, but yet it's grand and colorful. A feeling that is not in patterns, limited patterns. Hearing is you know, sense of hearing, that's all in patterns, but there's so much more beyond that. Sometimes the mind would call it chaos because it doesn't understand, but real senses, your I am senses, doesn't consider it chaos. It doesn't have to be patterned. It doesn't have to fit into a nice little package. This is where you just take a deep breath and without having to work at anything, it's about allowing yourself to be sensual once again. You feel it in your body, of course, and it touch your mind, but then it goes so far beyond. other realities, dimensions out there. And remember what I said a little while back. I said that the other dimensions are your other senses. There's not a sixth, seventh, eighth level dimension that humans, some of them talk about, where really if you look at it, there's just about being a grander human. They don't exist. That's a construct of the mind. That's a cheap desire of the mind. Let's have a seventh and eighth dimension, and we can predict the future, and we can see through people's clothing. And that's not what dimensions are. Dimensions are other senses. other ways of perceiving and feeling the vastness of reality. 
when we first talked about embodied enlightenment, in other words, staying in your body, having realization of your enlightenment, why don't you think back when you first started talking about that embodied enlightenment? Oh, you thought, I don't have to have a job. Oh, embodied enlightenment. Oh, I'm going to be so smart, and everybody will come to me for their answers. Everybody will come to me with their problems. Oh, embodied enlightenment. Uh, I'll never get old. How about a redefinition of embodied enlightenment? The ability to sense at many, many different levels, to be transcensual. Never again limited, never again just in the underbelly of creation. Real feeling, real awareness. Remember what I said before? My, if I was in human shoes, I was asked what my desires would be for this year. It'd be, yes, I'd like to be keen of mind, no doubt. But a mind that doesn't judge, a mind that doesn't limit, and a mind that doesn't control. But I would also like to open my senses, to feel in a way, to feel life in a way, with the color, the vibrancy, the depth that has been lacking for so long. feel in an expansive way. Again, feeling. I'm not talking about emotion. Emotions are the mind's false way of feeling, but real awareness. That's, that's the transhuman. That's transcensual. And that's exactly what you're allowing right now. And this is the time to take that moment to connect back to your true nature. The true nature of being the creator, the creative, being sensual, above all, being sensual. So when you first, when you first said, yes, that's what I want, that embodied enlightenment, staying in the physical, allowing enlightenment, it wasn't about being younger or richer or whatever it happened to be the wisest being on earth, none of that. What you were really saying was, I want to bring back the senses. To 
let's take a good deep breath with that. What a way to start the year. You see, then all the other things, judgments about what's right or what's wrong, about are you being authentic and truthful, are you being spiritual enough, are you a good enough person, all those go out the window. They're laughable. They're unimportant. And all this stuff about uh, you want to be younger, you know, when you're really living sensually, it has an effect. It will have an effect on that physical body of yours. And when you're really living sensually, when you're allowing your sensuality, it, has a, it will have an amazing impact on the keenness of the mind. And the whole ego of the mind thing, the whole uh, identity of the mind, will become so unimportant even to the mind, it will stop its obsessive nature about itself. And all the goings-on about this planet, all the things that it's going to be going through this year, all the changes and commotions and power plays and everything else, suddenly you're going to seem so puny, so unimportant. The sensuality comes forth and suddenly you realize in kind of an odd way of saying, you suddenly realize that this whole thing about realization has already been there. You realize your realization. Kind of sounds strange, but go, oh my God. Everything I've been trying to realize is already here. So with that, you take a good deep breath. You don't work at it. You just allow it. You allow yourself to be that transcendental human, transcendental being that you've always been. And you take a good deep breath, and with a big smile on your face, you say, All is well in all of creation. And so it is. Thank you, my dear friends. Until next month, be sensual. Thank you. Thank you. So, thank you to Adamus. Take a few more deep breaths and let this sweet message integrate. And take this wonderful, wonderful day and let's celebrate this transsensual potential all year long, like a New Year's resolution. So with that, thank you to Jeffrey Hoppe for being so wonderful and willing to channel that provocative, sometimes interesting, but wonderful Adamus Sajerman. We'll see you here again the first Saturday of February. Thank you, and take care of you. And all is well in all of creation. Thank you.